This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Clean Cut Barbershop, located on 21 East Kelsey Avenue in Salt Lake City, Utah. To schedule an appointment, visit cleancutbarbershopslc.com. Walk-ins are also welcome. Mention Short Story Bingo and receive $5 off your first visit. Now, on to the show! Ooh, that's a bingo! Is that the way you say it? That's a bingo? You just say bingo. Bingo! How fun! Cheers to you, cheers to me, and cheers to Podcast Friday. You are back up in the building with your boy, Nate Chacon Third. If this is your first time, welcome. If this is your second time, the retention program is working. Short Story Bingo is in full effect. If this is your, the first time for you to listen to what we do on this podcast, what I do is I... I'm a glorified narrator to stories that you might not have ever heard or cared to listen to or ever sought out. So, you know, it's like Audible, sort of. Today, I have a good uh, a guest of mine that, uh, what, we met probably, what, six months ago, maybe? Uh, maybe a little longer now? January. Okay. Uh, anyway, uh, MC Soul Lyricist is in the building. Say hello to the lovely people. What up, though? Uh, so yeah, we're going to be reading out of, uh, today. Well, before I get into that episode 40, the terrible old man by, uh, my man, um, HP Lovecraft, excuse me, uh, classic writer, classic novel. Uh, I had a couple comments about how he, uh, the terrible old man had those eyes that were uh, just always glowing and how he ended up overcoming the uh, gang that tried to fucking rob on him. So peace to that old man. And also peace to H.P. Lovecraft because that was a story that was written in the late 1800s. So, uh, and we're going to go back that route again as well with this one here from H.G. Wells. Uh, we're going to be reading The Red Room, which was, uh, uh, excuse me, written in 1896. So, but before we get to any of that, we have to get to our random Twitter follower shout out. And today we're going to do a, a trifecta of it. We got, of course, at MC Soul Lyricist on Twitter, but also you can find him on Instagram at MC Soul Lyricist and also on Facebook at MC Soul Lyricist. And, excuse me, Lyricist isn't spelled crazy, it's just Lyricist. L Y R I C I S T. Um, with that being said, you know we got to shout out the three top countries. You know what? And I and, and the three top states, of course. But I, I'm gonna just start including the United States from now on. I haven't been doing it for like the past 40 episodes. <laughs> I just, I just, I just let you guys know that. Yeah, of course, the United States is at the top. That, but I'm not. I'm not even saying that I should have not done before. But I'm just doing it now. So the top three countries that are the top downloads for the month of July thus far are the United States. Canada and Russia so you know not beyond the World Cup short story bingo is the most popular fucking thing cracking out in Russia right now uh, and then the top three states uh, that are listening Utah has finally taken its spot but by I'm not gonna lie to you by two downloads and second was Maryland this is their third week I think in the top three and third Texas so shouts out to the Southwest but a big up big ups and shout outs to whoever's listening in Maryland I know my sister listens in Virginia so if she's just traveling to Maryland a lot then consider this your snapchat location finder girl and I I don't know where I anyway so uh with that also in mind um 
at the end of this episode, uh, we're going to be listening to a song by MC Soul Lyricist called Find Your Cheese. Um, and it's on everything, right? Yeah, Find Your Cheese. It's on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, Pandora, SoundCloud, all that. All of it. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, so, yeah, what we got to do is get this... Uh, book up uh hg wells again the red room uh 1896 if you want pause the episode and read the summer real quick but that would kind of ruin it right unless you've already heard this then good on you it is my first time reading it as you guys always know usually these are my first times reading these stories so sit back enjoy the ride um if you're walking your dog that's cool if you're fucking doing laundry that's cool if uh, you're about to jump in the shower good on you but here's the opening song short story bingo short story bingo short story bingo short story bingo sometimes they're funny and sometimes they're sad most of the time they're funny because i hate to be sad short story bingo short story bingo short story bingo short story bingo but don't take my word for it spare fingers yes I can assure you, said I, that it will take a very tangible ghost to frighten me. And I stood up before the fire with my glass in my hand. It is your own choosing, said the man with the withered arm and glanced at me askance. Of course he has a fucking withered arm. <laughs> uh, okay, I gotta develop, like, character voices for the... Okay, so... Um, Let's do that. And then he's like, it is, he has a withered arm, so I'm going to make him sound. Okay, I got it. Okay. I could assure you, said I, that it will take a very tangible ghost to frighten me. Tangible. And I stood up before the fire with my glass in my hand. It is your own choosing, said the man with the withered arm, and glanced at me askance. Eight and twenty years, said I. I have lived and never a ghost have I seen as yet. The old woman sat staring hard into the fire, her pale eyes wide open. Hey, she broke in. And eight and twenty years you've lived and never seen the likes of this house, I reckon. There's a many things to see when one's still but eight and twenty. She swayed her head slowly from side to side. A many things to see and sorrow for. I half suspected the old people were trying to enhance the spiritual terrors of their house by their droning insistence. I put down my empty glass on the table and was sad about it because I had a fucking empty glass and they didn't offer me any fucking refills. <laughs> I put down my empty glass on the table and looked about the room and caught a glimpse of myself abbreviated and broadened to impossible sturdiness. In the queer old mirror at the end of the room, well, I said, if I see anything tonight, I shall be so much the wiser for I come to the business with an open mind. Hold on. I got to go back on this. Okay, so I put down my empty glass on the table and looked about the room and caught a glimpse of myself abbreviated and broadened to an impossible sturdiness in the queer old mirror. 
I know that obviously queer has a different meaning here. Like what would be queer old mirror mean? Odd. Would you, is that what it means? Queer be? means odd, I believe. Strange. Peculiar. Okay, nice. Okay, okay, so in the odd or the in the queer old mirror at the end of the room. Okay. An impossible sturdiness of this mirror. Alright, so this guy's kinda of tripped out. He's like, What the fuck? Well, I said, if I see anything tonight I should be so much the wiser, for I come to the business with an open mind. So he's like, Okay, well, if I'm gonna get scared by a ghost, fucking scare me. It's your own choosing, said the man with the withered arm once more. We get it. He's got a withered arm, man. I love how H.G. Wells is painting this picture already for us, though. I heard the sound of a stick and a shambling step on the flags in the passage outside. And the door creaked on its hinges as a second old man entered, more bent, more wrinkled, more aged even than the first. He supported himself by a single crutch and his dick. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, these dudes like friends, like these two old ass men. I think they're friends. I mean, we obviously haven't found out yet, but I think they're, I don't know. I think they're friends. I mean, he just came in. He's like. It's like grumpy old man. Which is a good movie, by the way. Classic movie. Would you, like when Jack... Walter Matthau and Jack Lemon, right? I think so. Yeah. Who was the chick in it? I don't know. You know what? I'm terrible with celebrity names. Are you? So am I. <laughs> as I just <laughs> as I just rattled off Jack Lemon and Walter Matthau. Was that fucking Tom Arnold and Grumpy Old? I want to know her name now. I know it. I know. Once it comes up, I'm gonna be like, God damn. It's a dude from Dennis the Menace. And the dude from Dennis the Menace and the dude from fucking and the other dude from Dennis the Menace. They both were they were they both weren't in. Yeah, he was the kid. No, the dude Jack Lemon was not Dennis the Menace. No, the grumpy man. His Walter Matthau. Walter Matthau. Look, I don't know his name, dude, but I'm just I know his face. Yeah, he's got like the he looks like a a dog with that big nose. Yeah, he looks like a like a basset hound. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Mixed with the boxer. Okay, her her name's Anne Margaret. That's what it was. That's right. Okay. All right. Anyway, okay. So these guys, we don't know if they're friends yet. <laughs> uh, okay, he supported himself by a single crutch. His eyes were covered by a shade, and his lower lip half averted. Dennis the Menace. Half a crutch. <laughs> Hung pale and pink from his decaying yellow teeth. Yo, man, uh, adjust your mic a little bit. Or, like, bring it up or something. Because I feel like I can't hear you. And I would be remiss if we go through this whole episode not hearing you. Even that priceless-ass laugh that you got. Oh, my gosh. Much better. Can much you, better? See, everyone can okay. hear you much better now. All, all right, right, now we're all on board. Okay. Mic control. Yeah, you just got to eat. You got to be right. All right. For real. Okay, so... You know what? Let's just, we're going to get through his description one more time just because. All right. I heard the sound of a stick and a shambling step on the flags in the passage outside. 
and the door creaked on its hinges as a second old man entered. More bent, more wrinkled, more aged even than the first. He supported himself by a single crutch. His eyes were covered by a shade, and his lower lip, half averted, hung pale and pink from his decaying yellow teeth. He made straight for an armchair. I mean, by saying made straight, like, just slowly walking straight. He didn't fucking run to the armchair. He made straight for an armchair on the opposite side of the table, sat down clumsily. I wouldn't say clumsily, just say, like, he sat down... Um, cautiously. Not many like, fell in that motherfucker. <laughs> he sat down clumsily and began to cough. P.S. If I cough during this, I don't know what's going on. I have like this little like allergic cough in the back of my throat that kind of tickling. So, uh-huh. uh, okay. So yeah. he made straight for an armchair on the opposite side of the table, sat down clumsily and began to cough. The man with the withered arm gave this newcomer, they're not friends, a short glance of positive dislike. A short glance of positive dislike? What does that mean? A short glance of positive dislike. Yeah, like I positively dislike you. <laughs> like I'm fucking, I'm happy to hate like you. I'm pretty sure I don't like your ass. <laughs> but take a seat, man. Yeah, have a seat. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy yourself. Uh, the old woman took no notice of his arrival, but remained with her eyes fixed steadily on the fire. She was busy poking the fire. I said, it's your own choosing, said the man with the withered arm, when the coughing had ceased for a while. It's my own choosing, I answered. The man with the shade became aware of my presence for the first time, and threw his head back for a moment and sideways to see me. I caught a momentary glimpse of his eyes, small and bright and inflamed. Then he began to cough and sputter again. Why don't you drink? said the man with the withered arm, pushing the beer towards him, the older guy. The man with the shade poured out a glass full with a shaky hand that splashed half as much again on the deal table. <laughs> I fucking don't like that guy. The, the, like the, You know that there's a guy that, like, I don't know about you guys, but I definitely have woken up with a little bit of the the shaky hand because I might have tied one on a little bit the night before and I'm like I, I'm just gonna get some water I'm just gonna get some water and I'm like this and I'm like fuck it's everywhere yeah. also also I definitely I'm I, you know come from like I'm re- I'm reminded of the of a recent episode of Westworld um, that this guy that is part of the entire system like he like he consistently like shakes and he doesn't understand why he's shaking but he's consistently shaking and like spilling his coffee everywhere and he's not trying to do it like but this guy is obviously super old he's like yeah, at least a thousand man, i don't know what the disease is called but the old man disease and old lady disease where you just get the shakes and you, you know what i'm saying i don't you know if to- it's a disease as much as it's just nerves isn't it yeah but you know doctor shit man it be, be calling me <laughs> some disease I love it. You got know, the old you man know, shakes, man. You know fucking doctor shit, dog. <laughs> no, I fucking don't, eh? Um, Trying to get all kind of loot, man. They got all kinds of contracts with these pharmaceutical Oh, yeah, companies. yeah. I get that, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he was spilling all over the deal table. A monstrous shadow of him crouched upon the wall and mocked his actions as he poured and drank. 
So I'm, his shadow was laughing at him. His shadow was <laughs> the shadow was like, you stupid mother. <laughs> I must confess, I had scare, I had scarce expected these grotesque custodians. There is to mind, uh, there is to my mind something inhuman in sen- uh, in senility. Senile, uh, like senility, being senile. There's to my mind something inhuman in senility. Something crouching and atavistic. What the fuck does that word mean? (laughs) We're looking that shit up. Look it up. Uh, It's spelled A-T-A-V-I-S-T-I-C. So this is the word of the fucking... Uh... This might be the word of your fucking Friday, man. Word go. of the day. Word of the day. Atavistic. I might have even pronounced it incorrect, but I'm hoping. Atavistic. Atavistic. I got it. Okay. Relating to or characterized by reversion to something ancient or ancestral. Atavistic fears and instincts. So, okay. So he's referring to these guys as ancients. Like something crouching in atavistic. Like something crouching in distant. Like a uh, time ago. And he's referring to these people. So he's like, there's, uh, um, I must confess, I had scarce expected these grotesque custodians, the three old people. So I guess, and custodians, like his uh, hospitality, the people that he's being, that are being hospitable to, excuse me, to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, he, you know, there's some mind, something in human and sen- uh, being senile, like some, like you're not yourself, you know, inhuman to being senile. Uh, and then something crouching and fucking distant, uh, atavistic. So the senile part is referring to the the, the, the three the three people, the three old folks. Yeah. Okay. And he's saying that there's like to him that there uh, something that there excuse me that there is something inhuman to being senile. Okay. Yeah. Like it's outside of like consciousness. So like being senile is like. Phew, you're, I mean, basically done. Like, you're just, like, animalistic. Right, right. Yeah. You're gone, buddy. Right. <laughs> uh, okay, so... Atavistic. Okay, the human qualities seem to drop from old people insensibly day by day. Which is what I... Okay. The three of them made me feel uncomfortable. Yeah, man, for sure. With their gaunt, uh, with their gaunt silences, their bent carriage, their evident unfriendliness to me... And to one another, if, said I, you will show me this haunted room of yours, I will make myself comfortable there. The old man with the cough jerked his head back so suddenly that it startled me. God, fuck. (laughs) He just... The old man with the cough jerked his head back so suddenly that it startled Jesus Christ. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I knew, but I did not know you were there. Right. <laughs> oh, my. I swear to God. Yeah, I thought you were dead. Oh. I didn't. I, and to be honest, wax museum. I thought that this whole thing was a wax museum and none of you guys were real. Oh, my God. Okay, uh, Okay. so suddenly that it startled me and shot another glance of his head. Oh, excuse me, hold on. And shot another glance of his red eyes at me from under the shade. Mm. He gave him the stare down. But with red eyes, so like... like, (laughs) 
I got you, little son, with my eye lock. <laughs> um, but no, okay, so the old man, okay, let's go back. So if, he said, if, said I, you will show me to this haunted room of yours, I'll make myself comfortable there. The old man with the cough jerked his head back so suddenly that it startled me <laughs> and shot another glass, glance of his red eyes at me from under the shade. But no one answered me. I waited a minute, glancing from one to the other. Yeah, I said louder. If you will show me to this haunted room of yours, I will relieve you from the task of I will relieve you from the task of entertaining entertaining me. Yeah, just show me the room, man. Oh. There's a candle on the slab outside the door, said the man with a withered arm, looking at my feet as he addressed me. But if you go to the red room tonight. This night of all nights, said the old woman. You go alone. Very well, I answered. And which way do I go? You go along the passage for a bit, said he. Until you come to a door and through that is a spiral staircase. And halfway up that is a landing and another door covered with bodies. Go through that and down the long corridor to the end. And the red room is on your left up the steps. Hey, hold on, Matt. Can you write that down for me? Right. <laughs> can you write that down so I can put that in one of my treasure maps fucking collections? Like, I don't have GPS and I, I need some directions, my bad. That junk was long. That was... <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'll tell you where it's at. <coughs> Give me a second. <coughs> you go along the passage for a bit until you come to a door. I'm not making this up. I'm just gonna. I'm just doing it drunkenly, like as if he was like, "Okay, until you come, you come to a door, and through that, uh, okay, there's a spiral staircase, and then um, halfway up that, one, two, there's a landing, and another door covered with uh, bays." All right, so let me get this right. So, let me read this back to you. So, I got go through the door. Nah, yeah. Right. And then go to the staircase. Mm-hmm. The spirally staircase. Go halfway up the spirally staircase. Mm-hmm. And then it comes to, like, a landing. That's, mm, and yeah. Then, and then I go left. And I find the door with the base. And then uh, go through that. <laughs> go through that. And then down. There's going to be a... And then down the long corridor to the end. Just all the way. All the way to the end. And the red room is on your left up those steps. Oh, so I go all the way down the hallway, and then I go some steps? It's on your left. On my left? So at the end of the hallway, I think you turn left. (coughs) The red room? (coughs) You turn left. And there's steps up. This I, I bet whatever bet I find it. I bet I got it. I got, I the bet. red room. The red room. <laughs> okay. Spiral staircase, halfway up landing. I'm gonna lay breadcrumbs behind me All just in down. case <laughs> as I'm going up because I don't know if I'm gonna get back. All right. <laughs> he said, "Have I got that right?" And I said, 
and repeated his directions. He corrected me in one particular. And are you really going? Said the man with the shade, looking at me again for the third time. I'm going. With that queer, unnatural tilting of the face. This night of all nights, said the old woman. (laughs) It is what I came for, I said, and moved towards the door. As I did so, the old man with the shade rose and staggered round the table so as to be closer to the others and to the fire. At the door, I turned and looked at them and saw they were all close together, dark against the firelight, staring at me over their shoulders with an intent expression on their ancient faces. Good night, I said, setting the door open. But I was thinking, damn, y'all, these people look creepy as hell. (laughs) It's your own choosing, said the man with the withered arm. I left the door wide open until the candle was well lit. And then I shut them in and walked down the chilly, echoing passage. I must confess that the oddness of these three old pensioners and whose charge her ladyship had left the castle and the deep-toned, old-fashioned furniture of the housekeeper's rooms in which they foregathered affected me in spite of my efforts to keep myself at a matter-of-fact phase. They seemed to belong to another age, an older age, an age where things spiritual were different from this of ours, less certain, an age when omens and witches were credible and ghosts beyond denying Their very existence was spectral. The Mm. cut of their clothing, fashions born in dead brains, the ornaments and conveniences of the room about them were ghostly. The thoughts of vanished men, which still haunted rather than participated in the world of today. But with an effort, I sent such thoughts to the right about. The long, draughty, subterranean passage was chilly and dusty, and my, ca- uh, my, candle, uh, my candle flared and made the shadows cower and quiver. The echoes rang up and down the spiral staircase, and a shadow came sweeping up after me, and one fled before me into the darkness overhead. I came to the landing and stopped there for a moment, listening to a rustling that I fancied I heard. Then... Satisfied of the absolute silence, I pushed open the baize covered door and stood in the corridor. This is where it's about to get fucking real. <laughs> I had to get, I, I wanted to get through that part to like really hone in on what this guy was doing and how much I really loved H.G. Wells. I, I really love his descriptions. Like, this, it, it seems like a movie. Like, I, I could see, like, that scene of him being at the door and him looking, and then we're, like, all looking up over their, um, you know, over their shoulders, all, like, kind of huddled together in front of the fireplace, and being, like, as he's walking down and seeing the light flicker, and it's, like, he said that, you know, it made, said it made the... Um, shadows quiver and stuff like you know mm-hmm. what a light what a candlelight does and makes me think like man are these people the ghosts right are they the fucking did they are they telling me not to go because they want me to go is this reverse psychology have you seen the move uh movie is it 1308 
1308 with John Cusack and Samuel Jackson. This is kind of the feel that I get for that. I saw number 13 with Jim Carrey. Number 23. Number 23, right. Yeah, number 23. Right. Yo, that movie was crazy. <laughs> that movie was crazy. That was like one of the first times I've ever seen Jim Carrey in like a serious role. It was a pretty serious role. I mean, I think I feel like it was... If it wasn't his first horror movie, it was definitely his first horror movie that was like went made or went uh, globally or whatever. It was dope. If you haven't seen that movie, it's a good movie. Number twenty three, check that movie out. But and also check out thirteen oh eight with John Cusack and Samuel L. Jackson. Honestly, it's a really good movie, and I'm getting the feels of that with this a little bit. Except this isn't a hotel. This is a castle. Okay. I pushed open the bay's covered door and stood in the corridor. The effect was scarcely what I expected for the moonlight coming in by the great window on the grand staircase picked out everything in vivid black shadow or silvery illumination. Everything was in its place. The house might have been deserted on the yesterday instead of 18 months ago. There were candles in the sockets of the sconces. And whatever dust had gathered on the carpets or upon the polished flooring was distributed so evenly as to be invisible in the moonlight. God, it's so good, the description. The bed was where the bed was supposed to be. The bed. It had a nice stand and it was next to the bed. Uh, And the the mini fridge was stocked with with booze that I did not want to touch. Because you get charged for that shit. Some Hennessy. (laughs) And the bed was where the bed was supposed to be. (laughs) And for some reason, my shoes were there. Man, I couldn't believe they even had a candle on a stick on the nightstand. (laughs) Yeah. What the fuck? Oh, my God. And suddenly I hear a knocking at the door. Dominoes. (laughs) What the fuck is that? Room service. <laughs> Room service, sir. Uh, upon, the fall, uh, upon the polished flooring was distributed so evenly, and talking about the dust, as to be invisible in the moonlight. I was about to advance and stopped abruptly. A bronze group stood upon the landing, hidden from me by the corner of the wall. But its shadow fell with marvelous distinctness upon the white paneling and gave me the impression of someone crouching to waylay me. I stood rigid for half a minute, perhaps. Yo, I'd have stayed rigid for like five minutes. (laughs) I've just been like, is it me or you moving first? Oh my, where's the X? Right. I stood rigid for half a minute, perhaps. Then... With my hand in my pocket that held my revolver, I advanced only to discover a Ganymede and Eagle glistening in the moonlight. What's a Ganymede? G-A-N-Y-M-E-D-E. Ganymede. Oh. It's the largest... Oh, it's Greek mythology. What's a Ganymede? Ganymede. 
Uh, in Greek mythology, Ganymede is a divine hero. So it's like a like a it's a, it's like a okay By so Hercules. it's a bronze so it's a bronze statue and an eagle. Oh okay, that's what a Ganymede is. Yeah, only discovered a Ganymede and eagle glistening in the moonlight. Isn't it crazy how like one word like changes the entire sentence and even an understanding in the entire story? If you don't know what a word is, and you go to look it up, and you're like. Oh, that's what that that's means? what that oh means. Oh my god. Right, exactly. Like I was saying um uh, to a couple guys at work today, they were talking about how one isn't good at talking uh game, you know, or whatever. And so the other one was like, Well, I I'll help you or whatever. He's like he's like, Okay, we'll just put an earphone in my uh, ear, whatever, <laughs> you know, the plan, that whole shit. And I was right. like I was like, Oh, um, I was like, oh, the old Cyrano de Bergerac. Hmm. And they both looked at me like, I don't, I don't fucking know what you're talking about. I don't man. know who Cyrano or de Bergerac is. <laughs> Do you know who Cyrano, Cyrano de Bergerac? I don't know who de Bergerac, I don't know Cyrano, and I don't know none of them. I don't know or no. <laughs> all right? So fucking no, man. I don't. Anyway. Cyrano de Bergerac is the play where the guy is helping his friend get a girl that he likes. So anyway, the point that I'm making is that you're right. So it's a Ryan Reynolds flick. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Steve Martin did a movie about <laughs> Steve. Yeah, Steve Martin did a movie. What's it called? He had the huge nose. Uh, come on, come on, come on. Oh, my God. It was called Roxanne. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's Cyrano yeah. de Bergerac. Oh, okay. I got you. Yeah. That's yeah, that's the adaptation. Yo, Steve Martin is dope. Steve Martin is dope. I was having a weird conversation about Steve Martin when he when his hair went gray. <laughs> and we were, like, curious, like, when it happened. Yo, did you know that guy can play a banjo like nobody's yeah. business? I just watched him and Martin Short special on Netflix, and this guy goes off. Dude, he is so nasty on the banjo. Yeah, he's really good. Okay, so uh, the bronze stuff that he had saw wasn't actually anything. So then with my hand in my pocket, in the pocket (laughs) that held my revolver, I advanced, only to discover a Ganymede and Eagle glistening in the moonlight. Mm. That incident for a time restored my nerve. Like, oh, God. Okay. It was just I was cool. Just a statue. You know what right. I'm saying? I ain't tripping. I ain't tripping. I ain't tripping. And a porcelain, and a porcelain Chinaman on a buell table whose head rocked silently as I passed him scarcely startled me. Uh, the door. T- I just I just know what that. Like, it just. I can see it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I and I love. Like I said. Like, I'll probably say it in a couple more times. Says that the description that he is providing is so advantageous to my imagination. Dude, this whole house castle is creepy as funky chicken lovers, man. (laughs) I grew up with this girl and her grandma had this house that was built in like 1880 something or 1890 like and and the lady had had the house since like 1920 Dude, I went over there one time. It was it was creepy. It was on this hill. Nice like Nice neighborhood, right? Tallahassee, Florida, whatever. Dude, it had like hidden doors, shoots, laundry shoots, like extra hidden spots, like four floors and shit. 
And like the fourth floor, you couldn't even see or know unless you actually knew about it. <laughs> you know what I mean, like the basement was just like, uh, I'm not going. Nah, 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 nah. That's where the laundry goes. Um, then I'm just gonna keep <laughs> it on me. I'll just hold it. I'll just hold my fucking. I'm going to Goodwill. I'm going to good. I'm just gonna get a new outfit. Isn't there a laundromat? <laughs> fucking. Yeah, no. My grandma's got it. No, she doesn't. She eats it. I don't know. I don't know what she going feeds on. it to the beast underneath. She feeds it to the moth. You know what I'm saying? To the to to the Dana Dime or what was she, that word? She feeds it to the the Ganymede. Ganymede. What did you just say? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the Ganymede. Dynamite or something like that. Just yeah, it's a, I think he said diabetes. Yeah. <laughs> Diabetes The door to the red room And the steps up to it Were in a shadowy, shadowy corner I moved my candle From side to side In order to see clearly The nature of the recess In which I stood Before opening the door Here it was Thought I That my predecessor was found And the memory of that story Gave me a sudden twinge Of apprehension I glanced over my shoulder at the Ganymede in the moonlight and opened the door of the red room rather hastily with my face half turned to the pallid silence of the, of the landing. Just get in real fast. That's like that shit when you're like running up the step, like when you're running up the stairs as a little kid and you're like, just like you start walking and then you like, and it's dark, you know what I'm saying? Like all the lights are out. It's like 11 o'clock at night, but you wanted to go downstairs and have a drink, a glass of milk. And so all the lights are on, then you're like, turn the lights off slow as you're done with the milk. You like hear something and turn real fast. What was that? Run up the stairs. But you start slow. You're like, okay, I got it, I got it. And then just like it. (laughs) Book it. Right, just gone. That's what that guy, that's what he just did. I glanced over my shoulder at the Ganymede in the moonlight and opened the door of the red room rather hastily, with my face half turned to the pallid silence of the landing. I entered, closed the door behind me at once, turned the key I found in the lock within, and stood with the candle held aloft, surveying the scene of my vigil. The great red room of Lorraine Castle, in which the young duke had died, or rather in which he had begun his dying, for he had opened the door and fallen headlong down the steps I had just ascended. I know, dude. I just gonna. I, it's gonna be. I, I'm. I'm getting like in chills a little bit. All right. I'm not joking, man. Like this is good. I like it. I, I fucking. This is why I love reading because I can absorb myself into it. That had been the end of his vigil. So like, so he just described this dude, the dude before fucking that went in there. He's like falling out the, the door, falling down the stairs, yeah. and either dying or halfway dying. Right. Okay, here we go. Strap your seats in, folks. All right. That had been the end of his vigil, of his gallant attempt to conquer the ghostly tradition of the place. And never, I thought, had a pop, a pop, a pop, apoplexy. Oh, my God. Okay, hold on. See, I got to know what the fuck this word means. Hold on. I'm not finishing that sentence until I know what this word means. Apoplexy. A-P-O... P-L-E-X-Y. Thank you so much, H.G. Wells, for using good terms. Word up. Apoplexy. We got it, words for It's days. a dated noun, is what this is. Unconsciousness. 
or incapacity resulting from a cerebral hemorrhage or stroke. All right, so use the word in the I sentence got it, okay. now. That had been the end of his vigil, of his gallant attempt to conquer the ghostly tradition of the place, and never, I thought, had apoplexy better served the ends of superstition. So a stroke, mm. so like just like hemorrhage, just being like, I never had I thought out. that yeah, like I never had I thought that that would be so great to just die if you're that's if. <laughs> I never have I ever wanted to drown before, but when I saw those sharks come, yeah, I'm fucking good. I'll, I'll go ahead and drown. Never been so scared seeing these ghosts coming after me and all these crazy shit. Like, hey man, I ain't trying to be around to find out what's going down now. Just, just hemorrhage me now. Just put my body in a. Just apoplex me now. <laughs> <laughs> and there were other and older stories that clung to the room. Back to the half credible, uh, half credible beginning of it all. The tale of a timid wife and the tragic end that came to her husband's jest of frightening her and looking around that large, somber room with its shadowy window bays, its recesses and alcoves. One could well understand the legends that had sprouted in its black corners, its germinating darkness. My candle was a little tongue of light in its vastness. What a great... Okay. My candle was a little tongue of light in its vastness. A little tongue of light. Like, I've never thought about it. It's like, just like that. It's like a little tongue of light. I love that. Uh, a little tongue of light in its vastness. That failed to pierce the opposite end of the room. And left an ocean of mystery and suggestion beyond its island of light. I resolved to make a systematic examination of the place at once and dispel the fanciful suggestions of its obscurity before they obtained a hold upon me. After satisfying myself of the... Whoa. After satisfying myself... Just kidding. There's more to it. Pause. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to go get another one? Go ahead. After satisfying myself of the fastening of the door, I began to walk about the room. Peering round each article of furniture, tucking up the uh, valances of the bed, and opening its curtains wide. I pulled up the blinds and examined the fastenings of the several windows before closing the shutters. Lent forward and looked up the blackness of the wide chimney and tapped the dark oak paneling for any secret opening. There were two big mirrors in the room, each with a pair of sconces bearing candles and on the mantel shelf too were more candles and china candlesticks all these I lit one after the other the fire was laid an unexpected consideration from the old housekeeper okay so you're like oh alright yeah okay well maybe they maybe they aren't that bad maybe they aren't so I forgot the word that meant old and I lit it to keep down any disposition to shiver. And when it was burning well, I stood round with my back to it and regarded the room again. I had pulled up a chintz-covered armchair and a table to form a kind of barricade over me. And on this lay my revolver ready, ready to hand. For someone that's, like, not, a, like, a believer in ghosts, like, this room has got him shook to the degree of, like, gripping his, like, his revolver. My precise examination had done me good, but I still found the remoter darkness of the place 
and its perfect stillness too stimulating for the imagination oh i know what that's like too like you know when you're like looking into the into the darkness and you can just like see things that you i mean i don't know if you can just see things i guess what i'm just saying is like your imagination can go go wild the echoing of the stir and crackling of the fire was no sort of comfort to me the shadow in the alcove at the end, in particular, had that undefinable quality of a presence. That odd suggestion of a lurking, living thing. <sighs> that comes so easily in silence and solitude. At last, to reassure myself, I walked with a candle into it and satisfied myself that there was nothing tangible there. I stood that candle upon the floor of the alcove and left it in that position. By this time, I was in a state of considerable nervous tension. Although, to my reason, there was no adequate cause for the condition, my mind, however, was perfectly clear. I postulated quite unreservedly that nothing supernatural could happen. And to pass the time, I began to string some rhymes together. Fucking MC or what? Freestyle <laughs> session. <clears throat> Cypher. <laughs> With the ghosts. I began to I began to string some rhymes together in Goldsby fashion of the original legend of the place. A few I spoke aloud, but the echoes were not pleasant. For the same reason I also abandoned abandoned after a time a conversation with myself upon the impossibility of ghosts and haunting. I that verse was whack. <laughs> Yo, you cut off. That freestyle was whack, man. I had to quit. <laughs> this guy, like, he's really denying the ghost thing, and it's obviously very curious to me how nervous he still is there and how much he wants to make sure that the whole room is lit up with all, you know, all the candles that have been provided to include the fireplace. But I think that just is just like regular human tension. I don't think anybody really is comfortable with the dark in a place that they don't know. And if someone tells you that they are, then so be it. Especially then with wavering shadows. Yeah, I mean, while you're walking up the stairs to it, there's shadow. He said, like, there's a shadow that came in front of me and there was a shadow that came behind me. Those but, stairs must have been deep. He said he had to, like, wave the candle back and forth and right. not even make it up the staircase. But I'm being serious. Like, I'm comfortable in the darkness in my house. Um, and I don't even know if I'm super comfortable with it, but I've, I've come to terms with it, I think. So, I'm like, I haven't heard anything crazy for a while. But if I if I was in someone else, well, not if, when I'm in someone else's house and it's, like, completely pitch dark, it's it's obviously a place that i'm unknown to i think that my i think that's just i don't even think of it as natural human nervousness as much as this natural uh uh human emergency detection like just like being like mm -hmm. if i hear something i gotta make sure where the fucking window's at and if i don't know where window's at like i just gotta be able to run and run far or fight i mean there's that fight or flight thing so i don't know if i can condemn this guy yet for being super like wanting to prove that there's not a ghost in the house because remember at the beginning of the story right he said that i've never seen a ghost that's what he said mm -hmm. literally first line of the story is what he said so i don't know he also said but i'm open to it he did say that 
So I actually I forgot about that part. He did say that he's open to it. Okay. Okay. Also, what what kind of stuck out me was that he was looking for like this last little portion that he read was um, he didn't see any tangible things. Right. At the beginning of the story, there was something in the lines where it talked about like a tangible ghost or something like that. What did it say? Like it was a- right at the beginning. Those are the only two times he used the word tangible. It is the only other time. Let's see. And with the writer like H.G. Wells, the number of times that he uses certain words... is probably very calculated. Yeah. yeah, it's probably calculated. Tangible. So I found that pretty peculiar. Where do you say tangible? Because he was like referring to like, you know, some spirituality or ghost or something like that at the beginning. Yeah. Um, And that just now when he's looking around the room for something and trying to be all cool and kill. Right. And like calm himself down. He didn't see anything tangible. tangible. Yeah. I don't know. I can't find it. But... If you need to rewind, that's awesome too. So, <laughs> but I see, I feel what you're saying though. Yeah, I mean it is cause for concern for as far as uh, keeping your ears open. The rest of the story. Okay, for the same reason, I almost abandoned after a time a conversation with myself upon the impossibility of ghosts and haunting. My mind reverted to the three old and distorted people downstairs, and I tried to keep it upon that topic. The somber reds and blacks of the room troubled me. Even with seven candles, the place was merely dim. The one in the alcove flared in a draught, and the fire flickering kept the shadows. And, um, oh, okay. And Penumbra. Have you heard that? Penumbra? P-E-N-U-M-B-R-A. Penumbra? Is it Penumbra or Penumbra? I think it's Penumbra. Let's see. I never heard the word, but I think it's Penumbra. Can I hear that? Oh. It's not up. See, now you're hearing things. The story got you hearing things. Penumbra. Okay. Penumbra. Uh, The partially shaded outer region of the shadow cast by an opaque object. That's what it is. The partially shaded outer region of the shadow. From a dark object. By an opaque object. Yeah, it's one that you cannot see through. That's what opaque means. Right. So the the partially shaded outer region in the shadow. Okay. Of a dark shadow. Or right. a dark object. It's like a shadow on a shadow. <sighs> okay, God. <laughs> the one in the alcove flared in a draught, <clears throat> and the fire flickering kept the shadows in penumbra. Perpetually shifting and stirring. No, no. Don't shift and don't stir if you're a shadow. Stay with me. That's what you do. Because you're my shadow, man. Fuck. Casting about for a remedy, I recalled the candles I had seen in the passage. And with a slight effort, walked out into the moonlight, carrying a candle and leaving the door open. And presently returned with as many as ten... These I put in various knickknacks of china, with which the room was sparsely adorned. 
lit and placed where the shadows had lain deepest, some on the floor, some in the window recesses, until at least my 17 candles were so arranged that not an inch of the room but had the direct light of at least one of them. Good job, sir. Good job. Lighting a shit ton of candles. You're lighting a mad ton of candles, me. It occurred to me that when a, the ghost came, that it would be a lot, a gallon. So he's trying to perform a seance or something. You didn't even catch what I just said. <laughs> a lot, a gallon, Casper. It occurred to me that when the ghost came, like, pause. <laughs> it occurred to me that when the ghost came, I could warn him not to trip over them. <laughs> yeah, watch up. Hey, come on. I found all of these, okay? Please. Also, some of these are in China. Hey, watch out, man. You might can start a fire if you trip over You might candles. can start. <laughs> yo, you could probably start some shit, man. Please. It occurred to me that when the ghost came, I could warn him not to trip over them. The room was now quite brightly illuminated. There was something very cheery. And reassuring in these little streaming flames mm. and snuffing them gave me an occupation, a job and afforded a helpful sense of the passage of time. Even with that, however, the brooding expectation of the vigil weighed heavily upon me. It was after midnight that the candle in the alcove suddenly went out what? and the black shadow sprang back to its place there. I did not see the, the candle go out. I simply turned and saw that the darkness was there. As one might start and see the unexpected presence of a stranger. By Jove, said I aloud. That draws a, a strong one. And taking the matches from the table, I walked across the room in a leisurely manner to relight the corner again. My first match uh, would not strike. And as I succeeded with the second, oh, I just read this part. Something seemed to blink on the wall before me. I turned my head involuntarily and saw that the two candles on the little table by my fireplace were extinguished. I rose at once to my feet. Oh, and I said, did I do that myself in a flash of absent-mindedness? I walked back. Relit one, and as I did so, I saw the candle in the right sconce of one of the mirrors wink and go right out. And almost immediately, his companion followed it. There was no mistake about it. The flame vanished, as if the wicks had been suddenly nipped between a finger and a thumb. Oh my gosh. Leaving the wick neither glowing nor smoking, but black. While I stood gaping, the candle at the foot of the bed went out, and the shadows seemed to take another step towards me. This won't do, said I. And the first one and then another candle on the mantel shelf followed. What's up? I cried with a queer high note, getting into my voice somehow. At that, the candle on the wardrobe went out. That's what's up. <laughs> and the one I had relit in the alcove followed. Steady on, I said. These candles are wanted. Speaking with a half hysterical facetiousness. And scratching away and uh, matched the while for the mantle candlesticks. 
my hands trembled so much that twice I missed the rough paper of the matchbox. As the mantle emerged from the darkness again, two candles in the remoter end of the window were eclipsed. What? <sighs> but with the same match, I also relit the large mirror candles. Shit, dog. I just looked up because I thought I just saw... I thought... I swear to God, I just thought I saw something, bro. Like, uh, over your right shoulder. I just went... Uh, did you see my eyes just now? Yeah, oh, my God. Okay. All right. You tripping, dog. I know. All right. Uh, but with the same match, I also relit the large mirror candles and those on the floor near the doorway. So for that moment, I seemed to gain on the instinctions. But then in volley there vanished four lights at once in different corners of the room. Yeah, I mean, it's four matches in four different corners. I mean, it's not the four corners, you know. I mean, he had those candles lit, man. What did he get? All like the birthday them. trick candles or something like that? The birthday trick. Why didn't he use the birthday out, trick candles? Why did he get the, yeah, why did he get the birthday trick candles? Man, these old people are smart. Those aren't birthday <laughs> trick candles because they would come back on. But oh, the, the, yeah, you right. Yeah, it's the opposite ones. It's the it's, Dude, the it's the reverse. These are the reverse trick candles. Reverse these are the ones candles. that they start and then just immediately stop. These ones cost extra. <laughs> At your local <laughs> bodega. <clears throat> but then in the volley, but then in a volley, there vanished four lights at once in different corners of the room, and I struck another match in quivering haste, and stood hesitating whether to take it. Like I could just seem like it's like I wish I had sound yeah, effects right match. now. Just like, like you can hear the matches moving and like trying to hit it, and his hands just. As I stood undecided and okay, here we go. All right, as Turn I up. yeah right, I just. Uh, this is going to be good. As I stood undecided, an invisible hand seemed to sweep out the two candles on the table. Oh, my God. With a cry of terror, I dashed at the alcove, then into the corner and then into the window, relighting three as two more vanished by the fireplace. Then perceiving a better way, I dropped the matches on the iron bound deed box in the corner and caught up the and caught up the bedroom candlestick. With this, I avoided the delay of striking, ma striking matches. But for all that, the steady process of extinction went on, and the shadows I feared and fought against returned and crept in on me. First a step gained on this side of me, and then on that. It was like a ragged storm cloud sweeping out the stars. Beautiful, beautiful mm. wordplay. Now and then one returned for a moment and was lost again. These are trick candles! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it came back. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I was now almost frantic with the horror of, of the coming darkness, and my self-possession deserted me. I leaped. So he, he's just, it's a, he's. He's wigging. Yeah, he's wigging. Out. He's wigging out. I leaped, panting and disheveled from candle to candle in a vain struggle against that remorseless advance. I bruised myself on the thigh against the table. I sent a chair headlong. I stumbled and fell and whisked the cloth from the table in my fall. My candle rolled away from me, and I snatched another as I rose. Abruptly, this was blown out, and I swung it off the table by the wind of my sudden movement. And immediately, the two remaining candles followed. 
This dude was moving fast. He bumped into the table, didn't give a crap. He's got a bruise tomorrow. He's just I don't know. taking out candles. Mad candles, too. But there was light still in the room. There's the happy candle. A red light. Oh. That staved off the shadows from me. The fire! Of course, I could still thrust my candle between the bars and relight it. I turned to where the flames were still dancing between the glowing coals. The fireplace, that's right, okay. The fireplace, okay. I turned to where the flames were still dancing between the glowing coals and splashing red reflections upon the furniture, made two steps toward the grate, and incontently, incontinently, the flames dwindled and vanished. So he came, went to the fire, and as he was about to, like, move the shit, they vanished. In the fireplace? Yeah. And as I thrust the candle between the bars, darkened, closed, uh, as, excuse me, and as I thrust the candles between the bars, darkness closed ab- upon me like the shutting of an eye. What? Oh, my gosh. So he went to go try to light the candle in, in the, the fire, fireplace. In the fireplace at the bottom. And it went out. It went out. Darkness okay. overcame him. Like the shutting of an eye. Wrapped about me. and Oh, let me read to that. Okay. I turned to where the flames were still dancing between the golden coal, glowing coals and splashing red reflections upon the furniture. Made two steps towards the grate and can, and incontent, incontinently incontinent Incontinently, I feel like this is incontently, 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 incontently. Yeah, because contently, that's okay. Incontently, I made two two steps toward the grate and incontently. So uncomfortably. Uh, well, incontently, like they, like they, like they didn't, they didn't in, intend to fucking just go out. Like incontently, the flames dwindled and vanished. The glow vanished. The reflections rushed toward and vanished. And as I thrust the candle between the bars, darkness closed upon me like the shutting of an eye. Wrapped wrapped about me in a stifling embrace. Sealed my vision and crushed the last vestiges of reason from my brain. The candle fell from my hand. I flung out my arms in a vain effort to thrust that ponderous blackness away from me. And lifting up my voice... Screamed with all my might once, twice, thrice. Then I think I must have staggered to my feet. I know I thought suddenly of the moonlit corridor and with my head bowed and my arms over my face made a run for the door. But I had forgotten the exact position of the door. (laughs) And struck myself heavily against the corner of the bed. That's that fucking just putting, you know, stubbing your toe move. That's how the dude fell on the stairs. He was good, re- out. good way to recall. Okay, he went out the door and fell his ass down the stairs, freaking out. Okay, okay. I staggered back, turned, and was either struck or struck myself against some other bulky furniture. It's pitch black right now. Yeah, like you can't, no, see, you nothing. can't see nothing. I have a vague memory of battering myself thus to and fro in the darkness of a cramped struggle and of my own wild crying as I 
darted to and fro of a heavy blow at last upon my forehead. A horrible sensation of falling that lasted an age. So he hit his forehead just like the last thing. He's like boom, boom, boom. So maybe he like hit like a mantle, like just like yeah. A horrible sensation of falling that lasted an age of my last frantic effort to keep my footing, and then I remember no more. He was out. Hit his head on the mantle. Some shit. Fell out on the floor and passed the fuck out. I opened my eyes in daylight. So he's still alive. Maybe. It's the next day, though, the sun came up. Saying he was out. Yeah, he was out. He knocked his ass out. My head was roughly bandaged, and the man with the withered arm was watching my face. Oh, my gosh. I looked about me, trying to remember what had happened, and for a space I could not recollect, I rolled my eyes into the corner and saw the old woman, no longer abstracted, pouring out some drops of medicine from a little blue vial into a glass. Where am I? asked. I seem to remember you, and yet I cannot remember who you are. They told me then, and I heard of the haunted red room as one who hears a tale. We found you at dawn, said he, and there was a blood on your forehead and lips, and your pants were off, and <laughs> for some reason there was the piss everywhere. Was open. <laughs> That's going to cost extra. <laughs> the mini fridge was open and four <laughs> gins and three Hennessy's and for some reason a Pepsi was open. <laughs> it was very slowly I recovered my memory of my experience. You believe now, said the old man, that that room is haunted? He spoke no longer as one who greets an intruder, but as one who grieves for a broken friend. Yes, said I, the room is haunted. And you have seen it. And we who have lived here all our lives have never set eyes upon it. Because we have never dared. Tell us, is it truly the old Earl who... No, said I, it is not. I told you so, said the old lady with the glass in her hand. It is his poor young countess who was frightened. It is not, I said. There's neither ghost of Earl nor ghost of Countess in that room. There is no ghost there at all, but worse, far worse. Well, they said, the worst of all the things that haunt poor mortal men, said I. And that is, in all of its nakedness, fear that will not have light nor sound. Deep! That trick will not. Candles. Yeah, <laughs> and trick candles with. That I can't even go. I can't Reverse even. trick candles. The worst of all the things that haunt poor mortal men, said I, and that is in all its nakedness. Fear that will not have light nor sound, that will not bear with reason, that deafens in darkness and overwhelms. It followed me through the corridor. It fought against me in the room. I stopped abruptly. Hmm. There was an interval of silence. My head went up to my bandages. Then the man with the shade... Sighed and spoke. That is it, said he. I knew that was it. A power of darkness. To put such a curse upon a woman. It lurks there always. You can feel it even in the daytime. Even of a bright summer's day. In the hangings, in the curtains. Keeping behind you, however, 
you face it. In the dusk, it creeps along the corridor and follows you so that you dare not turn. There is fear in that room of hers, black fear. And there will be so long as this house of sin endures. And that is the Red Room written by H.G. Wells in 1896. Woo! Dude, I, that's what I was saying. Short Story Bingo, episode 41. Thank you guys so much for rocking with me. Again, this is Nature Cone the Third. what we just read. I will reset that. H.G. Wells, the Red Room. Please check out all the other episodes that are available on Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, um, all the things that you stream your podcasts on. And wherever you're streaming on this, please share with your friends. Uh, uh, let them know how much fun we're all having together, uh, reading stories, having fun, ha- drinking a beer, or whatever the fuck you're doing. But um, thank you guys so much for the ride. Again, thank you to my guests, who we're going to speak to a little bit more here. Soul Lyricist, let the people know that you enjoyed that shit. Yo, that was so dope, man. Dude, the theme of the story, the moral of the story fear of light and sound getting out that's what i was saying that's what i was saying that's what i was gonna say remember i was saying that that like i think the bigger thing here is that the like the natural human fear of not of not being in an unknown place and like being like yeah such a weird not being heard of not being seen like that is people like I mean, like, in our day and age, even right now, man, there's so many people, like, so depressed and have anxiety and even, like, committing suicide left and right. Like, you know, they feel like nobody's really listening to me or, you know, who can I actually tell my story to? You know, I just want to be heard. I just want my... to leave some type of legacy or something like that. You know what I mean? And people stay in that darkness. And it consumes them and overwhelms them. It's that fear of not being heard. But really, it's like, are we hearing ourselves? You know what I mean? Like, he's trying to do all this stuff. He's calling out. He's lighting these lights so he can see stuff. When really, it's like, whenever he was playing it cool and calm and collected, like, understand, like, hey, man, there's probably not some stuff going on, like, you know, he was cool right. about it. Right. But once he lost it and had that fear, then it was, he kind of like had his own. Remember when he said at the beginning that there's an inhumanness to senile, uh, senility? Mm-hmm. And we were going over how, how, that, how deep that is because there's, you kind of, you stop being human because you're going senile. So you go into animal fight or flight mm-hmm. mode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was a reset, like in that right, like, and even how you just explained it of being like not knowing to do, what to do and just going into a state of panic. What a deep, deep story that was. For real H.G. Wells in the house, y'all. Yo, eighteen ninety six in the house, yo. He wrote Dropping that in eighteen ninety six. Bars, son. Bars. Bars. Bars have been out here, b. Ooh. They've been out here. So MC Soul lyricist. Please let folks know a little bit uh, a lot about more uh, more about you. I, I have a question personally. I know. Um, well, explain where you're from and how long you've been here. 
Alright, so originally I am from Tallahassee, Florida. Um, was there for like 31 years or something like that, right? Then I moved out to Portland, Oregon. Okay. And lived out there for a couple years. And I've been in the state of Utah for a year and a half now. Okay. Lived about, moved like 30 minutes north or so of Salt Lake City. Um, How do you I've, love it out here? And I've been in Salt Lake City since January, so like five, six months or whatever. Okay. How do you like it here? It took some adjusting to get used to some things here culturally for sure. Sure. Um, Utah is just different than every other part of the United States of America. Um, but after I moved to Salt Lake City, life got a lot better. It's like the only place in Utah that has any amount of culture, I think. I feel that. I feel that. Um, and since you've been out here, you're still, you're, I mean, how long have you been doing music? Ooh, okay, so I've been doing music for a long time. Like, I mean, I started piano lessons when I was like four years old. Oh, that's right. You make beats and everything too, right? Yeah, I make beats. I play instruments. I used to sing in the chorus and the choir. I was in a barbershop quartet one time. Um, I've been in bands, have done hip-hop. Like, I think in my first hip-hop performance, right, was in high school. Nice. Yeah, what? in 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 high school. Um, what did you do? Well, hold I, on. I want to go back to I want to go back to the piano. So, like, okay. what, how how old were you when you started playing piano? So when I started playing piano, I was, well, I was four years old when I started taking piano lessons at Got school it. of music, and my mom was the children's piano teacher at the school of music that I went to. Oh, she was also the children's choir director at the church that we was at um and so when i was like three years old she got me in singing with the choir nice you know early because she was the choir director so she was like i'm gonna bring my I'm gonna bring kid. my son <laughs> yeah i'm gonna bring my son also i'm bringing him because i gotta bring him but yeah, since he's yeah. here yeah since he's here i'll throw him in there that's wonderful so so obviously music has been a big part of your life uh whether it um, beyond just hip-hop right yeah yeah, so yeah for sure what was it like uh what do you remember as being your first show that you went to whether again any show that um that you went to that was put on like a show like for me for example for me the first show that i went to i was 16 years old and i went to chicago with my dad at um, what it used to be, I think it's a Maverick Center now, but before it was called the E Center out in West Valley City out here. But so that's my just to give you, cool. an example. yeah. What was your first one? Okay, so I would say like my first like real concert. Yeah. Um, my dad took me. It was at the Civic Center or whatever in uh, Tallahassee, Florida. It was to go see the Temptations and the Four Tops. What? Yeah, yo, classic. 70s shit. Yo, David. Like soul singers. Uh, David Ruffin wasn't there, right? No, David Ruffin died well before, but it was so still the four dope, tops had still... three. Actually, I had three tops. Had three it, was, it was crazy because so the Temptations were there. <laughs> yeah, three and tops. they blew it out the water. Right. Like they just came out with their album Rising at the time or The Rising or something, and that was ill. Um, 
you know, they did some classics and all that good stuff. But then the four tops came out as the three tops, and they had an extra microphone stand with the microphone Dope. in it on the stage to represent the, the spirit of the fourth top. <laughs> the spirit of the fourth top. Yo, they was doing the dance and everything. It was sick. I love that so much. I love that. And how old were you, you said? I was in eighth grade. So, like, 14 ish yeah 13 14 yeah, yeah yeah i'm thinking about it now i think i went to julio iglesias at bravenel hall when i was like 12 and that was amazing but my first like concert like uh, yeah it was when i was 16 when i went to chicago okay so when you uh what's like in your discography if I were to like look up like how many different albums or mixtapes or, um, you know, what's your discography entail? Okay, so in well, this is actually pretty interesting because in 2016, um, August of 2016 is when I released my first official LP dope album, and it's uh 12 tracks. It's all instrumental. It's called Verbatim Volume 1. Okay. Which is, all that junk is kind of ironic and stuff, right? Because you've got this dude named Soul Lyricist coming out with an instrumental tape called Verbatim. <laughs> <laughs> so there's many levels. It's, it's pretty deep as far as like how it was set up, even why I picked 12 tracks on there. And it's available online? It's available online. You All can, your stuff is available online, right? Yep, it's available online. You can go to soullyricist.com. We'll have a link for that on the in the description box of this. So so I got the album there. got beats up there. Um, I put out two songs um, on, like, all major platforms, Spotify, you know, Pandora, Amazon, iTunes, all that good stuff. Uh, pretty recently. So find your chi and a song called Ask Me Later. Open them up. Wait. Find your chi? I thought you said find your cheese. Yeah, no, <coughs> you said it wrong. Dog. I did say it wrong. <laughs> I did say it wrong. Like, That's nah. awesome. I'm so happy. I'm going to. And I know that um, I should have been on this uh, before, but whatever. I'm going to do it now. I know I've, li I've listened to your beats. I've absolutely commented fire on a bunch, like on Instagram. Um, so t follow him. Like if you're, you know, if you have a cousin or if you are that cousin uh, that happens to rap or uh, whatever, or just likes to listen to instrumentals, I love doing that too. I have a whole folder just of instrumentals that I'll start my morning with. I'll even, I'll start my morning either with Hans Zimmer or just like instrumentals and Hans Zimmer's instrumentals, but um yeah man he is a great follow so again follow him at mc soul lyricist he has some shows coming up i mean this is dropping on july 13th so uh after today where what you know where where the f can folks find you all right so yeah i got some shows coming up uh july 26th is a really dope show it's a utah's annual beat society showcase and Going to be blessed with Planet Asia and MBS coming through to perform for us on that evening. And where's that again? That is at 
Metro Music Hall. Yeah, Metro Music Hall. I don't have... Uh, well, I guess... I mean, I've been looking up... Uh, definitions and stuff. I'm going to get you guys the address for Metro Music Hall in a second. Go ahead, can, can continue. Yeah, so that's cool because I'll be doing a beat set. Oh, dope. Live beats. Okay. Live, Yeah, live beats, making beats live right there on the spot. And some other really, really the dope beat, It's the Beat Society? Is uh, Berto going to be there too? Berto, yep, Berto Blunts, uh-huh. Blunted Beats, whatever, he's going to be there. Um, the address there is 615 West 100 South. So, anyway. Yeah. Uh, and then what's going on? So, that? then I got two shows in August and one in September. So, August 2nd is the Life of Madness tour. That's Charlie Madness coming out from uh, from Nevada. Nice. From Las Vegas. Um, also with G-Life, which is, he's here from Salt Lake. But also, like, a local. Classic. Yeah, dude. Like, this guy, he's a hard worker. So, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to that show. Yeah, so that's August 2nd. Um, and then August 10th, got dude, uh, Dangerous Devil putting together his tour, his City Lights 2018 yeah. tour. Yeah. And this is the first show kicking off his tour. Right. He asked me to host that. And uh, because I also uh, host the Friday Night Fallout show on 90.9 FM um, on Fridays. That's you got name. local legend uh, MC Anyone performing there what? as He's well. going to be there, Straight too? Up. Dope. Hell, yeah. I love Anyone. He's amazing. And then after that, I think. So, yeah, at, after that, a big show uh, for me and dear to my heart is uh, you got a Wu-Tang Clan performing here on September 24th. Um, wow, I've got tic- right. I've got tickets for that. So opening up for them is a huge blessing. Right, and the the biggest reason why you were telling me off, uh, you know, off air before we started the podcast is because of how much Wu Tang has obviously influenced uh, you from the jump. Like, uh, for me, for example, and uh, I want to know one of the first experiences you had. But for me, literally, like the first song I ever tried to comprehend was mm-hmm. when I was six years old, sitting in front of my sister's speaker, uh, listening to Cash Rules, everything around me, Korean, right. get the money. Dollar, 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 dollar bill, bill y'all. And I was like, I don't fucking get it, man. I was like, because all I listened to is like, all I was listening to is what my parents were listening to, which was Santana, which is dope, and the Beatles, which are dope, mm-hmm. which is Elvis, which are dope, um, and Fleetwood Mac, which is dope. But my sister would play like her music in her room, and I would just be like, oh man, I want to hear it. And then I'm not even in my head, I'd be like that. But she had it on, and I just sat and I'm like, so that's my experience with Wu-Tang, how it started for me. What about you? Word, word. Now, as far as like my first introduction to Wu-Tang, yeah. I'm not really sure because like I had two, I've got two older sisters. One of them's 10 years older than me. The other one's six years older than me. And so I used to take like their CDs and stuff like that. Oh, <laughs> shit. You know what I mean? Like one of my sisters was listening to like Snoop Dogg and like Dr. Dre, The Chronic when it dropped off. So, all like, the things. They all the things, West Coast funk shit. You know what I mean? And right. my other sister was listening to more like gutter shit, like, uh, you know, I mean, it was still West Coast, but like Tupac and. I mean, they were kind of listening to the same stuff, but different at the same time. Like, Sir Mix a Lot. 
And, you know, and then my homies were listening to, like, Helter Skelter, No Limit Soldiers, Wu-Tang, fucking Bone Thugs of Harmony. Um, and so all that stuff just kind of got, you know, just, like, consuming lots of hip-hop. I even consumed lots of hip-hop that I wasn't even familiar with who the artists were or what the song title was at the time, you know, but could remember listening to those songs and really digesting the music portion. Right. And the cadences, like the rhythmic part, because some of the lyrics I just either didn't understand or didn't hear all of it together being such a young age. Just like some of the words I didn't understand in the story. We just exactly, read. exactly. I'm not even joking about that. But what really, like... What really, like, set it off for me with the Wu-Tang Clan. And Let's I was go! Like, oh, this is so deep. <laughs> Yo, was Triumph. When Triumph oh, came out, God. the video on MTV, all that good stuff, Wu-Tang Clan, Wu-Tang Forever, the double disc album, that album really, like, because I was a little bit older, probably in, like, I just started high school or maybe like the last couple of years of middle school or something like that. Right. Was really when I started Yo. to digest like the philosophies and all that stuff. Yeah, we're going to play some fucking Wu-Tang Clan really quick. But that Triumph track is like one of my favorite joints. Just nasty. Oh, we can't even hear it in our headphones right now. Damn it. Well, you can just play that on the podcast. I'm gonna play it Bump on the it. podcast. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we'll, we'll I'll uh, edit that in post. Right. That's how they do it. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, man, try, like abomatomically, Socrates' philosophies and hypotheses can't define how we'll be dropping these mockeries. Lyrically perform hard robbery, what? flee with the lottery, possibly, possibly the sodomy. Come on, man. What? Yeah. So I, I, yeah, that's great, man. That's great, um, dude. I gotta say, thank you so much for being here, man. It's a little right. late in the night, but we, uh, we managed to get through it through uh, with uh, great story, with incredible description work and uh, writing style from uh, H. G. Wells. Even though it was, um, you know, had its uh, time in eighteen ninety six, um, I only had to look up two words, I think, three words, something like that, and. For good reason, you know. He had beautiful, uh, beautiful uh, literature that uh, he abided by. So I'm, um, you know, just really happy that his work is still out and about and uh, that he's uh, as published as he is. And I absolutely uh, feel honored to read his stuff to you guys. Um, I've been wanting to read from H.G. Wells for such a long time, so I'm happy to get back into the groove of uh, classic writers. But next... Uh, Next week, uh, we're definitely going to be reading something out of, I think it's out of the New York Times. So we're just going to be getting a quick little blip of something else. Um, and then we'll probably hit a serial killer in like six weeks or something. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, but I definitely want to hit a mafia member soon again. Um, some, some sports stuff. Um, all sorts of stuff. But I thank you guys for riding with me. MC Soul Lyricist, please give a sign off for yourself, sir. Yo, word up. Soul Lyricist in the house. You know what I mean? Soul like... You're searching for your inner soul and lyricist as one who writes lyrics. One L, one word, one love. Boom. Episode 41, short story bingo. H.G. Wells, The Red Room. My name is Nature Cone III, and I am <clears throat> out. Peace. Dun-dun-dun. Spare fingers. Yes. <laughs>
yeah, yeah, yeah. Word up. Now I'm saying, as far as you introspective cats trying to grow, you figure, deal me? I don't abide by the rules of this earth. I abide by the rules of the universe. When my soul touches down, it wants to disperse. Disgusted from the function of man's words. Why do we try to take down folks? Why do we try to break down hope? Why do we point fingers and poke? Yo, son, we only hang from our own ropes. Hypocrite to the grit. Let him rip from the hip, double dip, and dark chocolate. I'll never become a recluse. Just like the old ancient Greeks for Ebenezer's. I keep the mic smoking, pursuit of wisdom. No, I'm not joking, this root to the system. I swing from the kingdom and bring some love and peace deep in the drums. Peach like a plump grandson, love the anthem. Phantom of the opera, Nostradamus, ultimate. Yolks and the egg and toast with the bacon Art is what we making Lost in the dark by the light I'm escaping Wings to depart from this body Awaken, waken, waken Yo, we gotta use a little bit of salt To preserve the holiness when things fall apart Instead of looking out, return to the vault Sometimes in life, yo, it's not your fault, come on Yo, we gotta use a little bit of salt To preserve the holiness when things fall apart Instead of looking out, return to the vault Sometimes in life, yo, it's not your fault, come on Sometimes in life, yo, it's not your fault We have choices If we don't learn from mistakes Poison, poison Let the boys be boys But when you're a grown ass man You gotta have poise Come on everybody, it's time to build Iron on iron, steel on steel Wheels on vinyl, no run of the mill Supreme mathematics over lung, know the deal Skilly skilly bop when I'm heating up the beatbox I'm addicted to this music, you can send me into detox Doing what I can in my shells on my Reeboks Go up about three blocks for the teapot Deepak Chopra, Dr. Phil Oprah I don't really care what you owe us I'm here for the souls of Sodom and Gomorrah Swapping out the slop at the chop shop Middle name Forrest, you can find me on the mountaintop, out where the fountain drops, watching the joust give a props. Do the man falling flat out, raising up no doubt, even though yo, he's got no clouds. Find your chi, seek the ultimate energy. It's the side of your H to the E to the A R T, yo, better believe. Come on, yo, we gotta use a little bit of salt to preserve the holiness when things fall apart. Instead of looking out, return to the vault. Sometimes in life, yo, it's not your fault. Come on, yo, we gotta use a little bit of salt to preserve the holiness when things fall apart. Instead of looking out, return to the vault. Sometimes in life, yo, it's not your fault. Come on. Sometimes in life, yo, it's not your fault. Instead of looking out, return to the vault.